0: It's Unstable Topics with Sarah and Maggie. Hey,
1: welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts,
2: reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. Hey, Maggie, what you got in your hand? Oh, I have an
1: Unstable Topics sticker. How do I get one of those? Well, we ordered these to share with all of our friends who are following along the podcast. So you can just shoot us an email with a screenshot of you following Unstable Topics on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and we will send you a sticker in the mail. Stop it, snail mail?
2: Snail mail with a sticker. Can you believe it? For free! I love this so much. So I'm going to go right now and subscribe to our podcast. And I'm also going to give us a review.
1: Oh my gosh. Sarah, if you give a review and send us a picture of that review, we will write you a review of your review and include it in a handwritten letter with the sticker in the snail mail. This is
2: fantastic. This might be the deal of the century.
0: End of message. Your episode of Unstable Topics will be starting in three,
2: two, one, fight. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. So, this occurred to me this morning when I walked into the bathroom um, that I have an unusual routine when I first step into the bathroom. About a year ago, I went into my bathroom like a normal person would to go shower. I take off my glasses. I turn the shower on. I step into the shower. And I step on something, and it's it's a crunchy. And I'm oh. like, oh, maybe maybe something paper or something got in the shower because you know children or whatever. And so I don't have glasses on and I can't see. So I get, I crouch down. To see what it is i step on and it's a um three inch cockroach that i had just stepped on and i scream i run out of the shower life has never been the same for me because now when i go into the bathroom every single time I turn the light on, I look up on the ceiling, I look at the walls, I open the shower curtain to make sure there's no cockroaches in the shower or on the curtain, and then I can move forward with like going to the bathroom, brushing my teeth, showering. But every single time, my bathroom is not safe. It is not a safe place for me anymore. I literally am tearing up just thinking about stepping
1: on a cockroach and then touching it, Like, like touching it with your hand was awful and it it's huge yep. texas cockroaches are huge wow. that's like that's something else that's some, like a dinosaur cockroach that's from the dinosaurs it's never died probably is because cockroaches don't die i will say this is so i don't wear glasses and it's something that i don't think about until i hear stories like this like being blind when you're in the shower that's scary mm-hmm. that's scary
2: or like what do you do when you first wake up and you don't have glasses on you can't see no this now you're bringing up another anxiety. Now I'm going to be terrified forever when I'm in the shower because I cannot, I never thought about that. But I have, thanks, <laughs> Maggie. Uh, no, I cannot see. I, I have terrible eyesight. If, for those of you listening who also wear contacts or glasses, my contact prescription is like negative 4.75. And that means nothing to you, Maggie, but no. those listening I'm like, oh, that's real bad. So, what do you how
1: do you like shave your legs? Do you have to put your glasses on again? Or
2: do you just blindly go at it? I mean, you put your leg up on the shower wall and then you shave it. Like, I don't understand why you need to see that you just you feel like it's not. How this long is-, is your leg here, Maggie, that you need to be able to <laughs> to see it?
1: I just mean like, I feel like when I'm in the bathroom I use my eyes a lot, you know? I'm like, here's my shampoo, here's my conditioner, here's my razor, my soap, you know? And I just think it's kind of like um, you know how like uh dolphins, they use echolocation. That's how I imagine you in the shower. You're just like, ah,
2: ah, ah. "Oh, there it is." I want to be clear, my eyes aren't closed. Like my eyes are open. You know? Like I I have like I can see. But I can't see detail, and I can't blurry. see like everything's blurry. Yeah, so like shampoo bottles—I mean, they're close enough to my face—and shampoo and conditioner look different. There are some times where I do have to bring the shampoo bottle, or I pick up a bottle and I'm unsure. I will hold it really close to my face, like, oh, okay, that says shampoo. <laughs> Even my legs. Like, I don't. You don't. I don't need to be able to see. I
1: guess it's just because it's a razor that would kind of like scare me to have that in my hand without eyes. But this
2: is my sight privilege showing. You know, for those of you who are not watching this, I am now cradling my head in my hand on this when Maggie said site privilege, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm just shaking it.
1: Sarah, are you ready for your fact? Yes, I am. Since eighteen seventy-three, when San Francisco businessman Levi Strauss invented blue jeans, they have become a staple of Americana. So much so that the average American today
2: owns seven pairs of jeans. There is a time I own seven pairs of jeans. So I probably have maybe four or five pairs of jeans in my closet, maybe six. I wear two because the others are either like a touch too small or I haven't even attempted to try and put them on post-baby because the, the, just looking at them makes me feel uncomfortable
1: yes there's definitely like jeans that i like to wear that make me feel good and then there's jeans that i'm like "Mm." i keep them around but i might never wear them
2: again you know i don't know if the jeans i do wear make me feel good like do they actually make me feel good i don't know if that's true because even when i put them on they fit and i guess i look cute enough in them but i'm like do I feel like my best self in these jeans? You know, mm. they're not perfect. They're not perfect, <laughs> but I wear them because they fit. Yeah. It's funny
1: that like jeans aren't necessarily the most comfortable material, but they're like the casual pant. But what makes them more comfortable than like
2: khakis? I guess maybe the stigma of khakis. You know, you say mm. khakis, people immediately think, ugh, are you gonna go work? Are you are yeah. you gonna be a, a manager somewhere? You know? You say jeans, be are like, oh, you're cool, man. Let's go have a barbecue in your backyard this Saturday. That's true. That's true. Yeah, khakis are like, okay, I got to find my my
1: polo t-shirt with the logo on the lapel. You know? Is that the right word? Lapel? Exactly.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do think maybe talking through this, I just don't have the right pair of jeans. Because some people are like, my jeans are so comfortable. I wear my jeans all the time. I... I I don't have that relationship with my jeans. Okay. Well, this is a great segue,
1: Sarah, because are you ready to react? Absolutely. If the average American has seven pairs of jeans at any one time, that's a lot of jeans in one's lifetime and a lot of different
2: styles. What is your ideal style of jean? Okay. My ideal jean would be one that probably has a stretchy waistband, you know, Um It's the button, I think, that throws me. It's the button that gives me the most discomfort. So maybe like a stretchy waistband, but it doesn't look stretchy. Like it doesn't look like a stretchy waistband. It looks good. And it still has the the jean quality to it. Uh, It sits not too high, but not too low either on my waist. And it's slightly fitted, but then it like loosely comes out and it feels – here's the thing. I don't want it to be a jegging. I don't like jeggings. I don't like the quality of the material of a jegging. I want a jean. I want a good jean. And these jeans also um, come built in with like this magic thread. And so whenever you fluctuate in weight, it automatically shrinks or gets bigger. So you don't have to go and buy a new pair because these jeans will mold to your body and make you feel incredible. Okay, wait. I don't think this exact gene
1: exists, but have you heard of the good American gene that fits like four different sizes? No. What do you mean fits four different sizes? The whole point is like this fits you
2: if you're like a size 10 through 16. And it's just one size? Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I feel like that's like a snuggy situation. Mm-mm. I don't believe no, it. They're I they're like
1: jeans, girl. They're jeans.
2: I, I would have to see it. I would have so if they're listening, and want to send me a free pair of jeans to try? I would love to try it. I'm gonna tag Chloe Kardashian in this. She's on the wait. Case. This is this is wait. Is this a Kardashian product? It is.
1: It's Chloe Kardashian's okay. jean company, Good American. But it is a great. I, my favorite pair of jeans is from Good American. They're good American jeans. She's the Levi Strauss of our generation. The Calabasas businesswoman,
2: Khloe Kardashian, reinvented jeans. I was not prepared for this to turn into a Kardashian conversation. I, I but you know, we were talking about uncomfortable jeans, so it makes sense. Yeah, if, if I have any opportunity to turn this to
1: Kardashians, I will.
2: As to Earth Signs, Sarah and Maggie are always preparing, which is why it's time to play Till Death Do Us Part. Aww, why? The game where they interview potential replacement besties in case the other one kicks the can. All right, Maggie. So, our special guest is an award winning actress, podcast host, and published children's book author. She has her master's in sports management and a 250 plus hour certified yoga teacher. She's a mother to her spunky daughter, married to a former athletic performance coach, and will always accept a challenge to being the biggest Golden Girls fan. Please welcome your possible new bestie, Jensie Allison Weeks.
0: Hi, Maggie. Can't wait to be besties. I am already blown away
1: by your little intro. I've never heard that many different skills.
0: I mean, you have to have a plethora, right?
1: Yeah, I'm into it. But I'm not going to (laughs) reveal if you're my bestie yet. We do have some questions first.
2: Okay, I'm ready. So you are a phenomenal actress. Very accomplished. So my question, would you rather have an under- five role in an Oscar winning movie or be the lead in a box office bomb. I would rather
0: be a lead in a box office bomb because I feel like sometimes those also make great comebacks and you can make a great story out of a bomb. You have to have the valleys to have the peaks. So I'd much rather bomb in a box office. And then get the Oscar later. 100%. I think that's great. I,
1: I would I would also, I think about, you want to be a box office bomb. You're still in the press. No press is bad press, you know? Right?
0: Right? Look at Paris Hilton.
1: Look at her. All right. <laughs> I have a question. And I've, I've changed my original question just based on your bio. Um, so if you you do sports stuff, you do acting stuff. So if you were in a high school teen drama, which trope would you rather play? A high school jock or a theater
0: geek? I would play a theater geek because I wasn't ever a theater geek in school. And I secretly wanted to be a theater geek, but I wasn't because I was doing sports. So I would be the theater geek. And I think that theater geek would secretly play like lacrosse or handball or something by herself in the backyard that nobody knew about. So she kind of has this secret life going on where it's normally like the sport guy who's like, oh, I'm all sports, secretly i love to be in theater, like um, High School Musical with Troy. But I would be reverse. I would be the theater geek who can belt out a great Wicked song, but also at the same time have a great backhand at racquetball. Just nobody knew about it.
1: love that, because I also, always wanted to do theater, but never did it because I was always doing sports. And then I was also like, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. And so I, I wish that I was in those like Saturday day long rehearsals.
2: Me too. Me too. Having been a theater geek, uh, I wish I had the depth of also being athletic. Uh, So this is, I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to jinx this, but I feel like this is a pretty good, pretty good bestie connection. I'm thinking besties. Jen C, for your one final question. So you have worked with some great actors over your career, but you're also a puppeteer and you have written a children's book, The Adventures of Sophie and Clyde, inspired by your puppeteer work with your daughter. My question, if given the chance to revive Golden Girls, would you rather it star puppets or people puppets
0: puppets 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 i know that there was a run for a little bit for the puppets um it was like kind of like avenue q but i think they would make killer puppets i know some amazing women who would bring these characters to life i know exactly who would play blanche i know who would play rose i mean dorothy i i know exactly it would be a he who would play her I mean puppets all the way have a bald stand it would be amazing puppets 100% I
2: <laughs> love that so i if anything comes for this i really hope you do actually revive golden girls as a puppet show
0: i should i should
2: and i don't want to give things away but your
1: enthusiasm about puppets i vibe with i there is an improv troupe in town that does puppet improv and when I used to work in an office, I was always trying to get people to go see it. And they are like, puppets? And I was like, yeah, if that's not the selling point for you,
0: you are not my people. Puppets are hilarious. They're, They're great. Sh- and they can say things that you don't really want to say. And you just be like, I blame Penelope. She <laughs> said it, not me. Jency, I've calculated the totals here. And
1: I just have to say, I think you would be the best guesty bestie should sarah reach her untimely demise
0: well i feel honored thank you so much
2: jency <laughs> thank you for being here today and playing this game with us if you guys haven't please check out jency allison weeks on her socials her book that you wrote with your daughter yeah are you writing another book did i see yeah, that she wants to correctly? make it into
0: a four-part series so At the beginning of a book, there's a nod towards the um, Sesame Street song that Bert sings way back when called I Want to... It was like, oh, I'd like to live in the moon. And so it talks about being in the moon, in the ocean, talking to dinosaurs. And so we're going through that song, just a nod to the people who helped JC along her journey, because one of the people who kind of mentors plays ernie and so that's that she came up with that herself that's the nod towards that puppeteer saying thank you so much so there will be a four-part series this is great that i would
1: get a bonus bestie with your daughter because she sounds awesome
2: it's a bestie connection thanks for playing along
1: Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this
2: episode, we would love a review, subscribe, or for you to share this with a friend you think would like it. Or all three of those things. You can do all three and make our day and help us grow. If longer than three-minute podcast is too much for you, you can
1: always catch an abbreviated version of our show over on JAM by texting UNSTABLE TOPICS
2: to 552266. And you can catch more of our antics on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok under the username The Monthly Junk or at themonthlyjunk.com. Bye. Peace. Peace.